Are you ready to be transported back to 1800s high society London? Because season three of Bridgerton is now playing only on Netflix. This season follows the story of the Tons resident wallflower, Penelope Featherington, as she undergoes a journey of self-discovery and empowerment where we see her truly blossom. Penn's emotional transformation takes centre stage as her friendship with the charming Colin Bridgerton evolves into something more. For those not yet acquainted, Colin, the charming younger brother of the Bridgerton family, is about to turn Penelope's world upside down. Mm, This is the ultimate good friends to lovers story. From those initial butterflies to when both parties realise there might be something more between them, watch Bridgerton Season 3, now playing only on Netflix. Welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined, as always, by Melbourne writers Michelle Andrews, that would be me, and Sarah McDonald, that would be you. Hello, and we are joined, as always, by producer Annabelle Lee. Hi. Hi. Coming up on today's show, the Good Morning America extramarital affair that's absolutely dominating the headlines. Then the full trailer for Harry and Meghan's Netflix docuseries is here, and naturally the internet is bursting with opinions. Plus, Britain's biggest influencer, Molly May, has shed some light on what her relationship has been like while she's been pregnant, and we need to wade through our complicated feelings about it. But first, my beloved Zara McDonald, how was your week? Hello, I had a good week. We are etching closer to the end of the year and boy are we ready because we have a live show on Tuesday. We do. How are we feeling? I ordered a dress and it doesn't look like it'll arrive on time. And that is, I'm starting to think good luck. I did get a shipping, it's coming from the UK for everyone playing along at home. I got a shipping notification last night but my ETA is the day of the live show. Will I be naked on stage? Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. Well, well, that's definitely not going to happen. I also, mine hasn't been shipped yet, but mine's coming from Carlton. And oh. anyone who knows Melbourne knows that the suburbs aren't that far apart. But Carlton, out of all the suburbs, is a little bit more relaxed, perhaps, when it comes to, I don't know, like the people of Carlton. I that feel like it would be a little bit more chill. grand <laughs> generalisation. No, I'm really looking forward to that. So very excited to see a whole bunch of you, all 2,000 of you, on Tuesday. So 2,000? It's a lot of people. That's so a lot of humans. It's, Whoa. A, it's, a heap, it's a heap of humans. As for the rest of my week, it was pretty good. I did want to touch base with you both about one thing from last week and that was when I recommended Lachlan Murdoch's biography I got a bit of flack yeah you said no one would care I said to you I would get at least five messages on Instagram from people who love the book and I got three (laughs) (laughs) and I was like I'm not kidding. I spent all week being like, I've got to find my hidden requests folder on Instagram because you know that random folder on Instagram to be like, they have to be sitting in here. Yep. There were three messages. For those curious, that would put it at 0.00002% of listeners caring about your recommendation. Yes, which I, you know what? I always think worth giving a shot. Yes, I was wrong. Three messages, not even five. And I thought that was a low estimation for me. Depressingly low. (laughs) Depressingly low. I do have a recommendation this week that I is probably one of the best things I've read in the last few months. Oh, there you go. So she let us all down last week, but you're coming to the table with the better one this week. I feel so wholly confident about this. Okay. So there was a personal essay published in The Guardian yesterday, yesterday being Tuesday because we record these episodes on Wednesdays, by Isabel Kaplan. Now, the story and the piece is called My Boyfriend, a Writer, Broke Up With Me Because I'm a Writer. And it's basically a piece from this writer called Isabel Kaplan about how when she started to do okay in her job, her boyfriend, also a writer, started to get kind of jealous and unsupportive and was constantly demanding of her that she wouldn't write about her life, that she wouldn't write about her feelings, that she wouldn't write about their relationship, that she would promise him she would never write about their future children. And it became this whole thing where she was like, he constantly demanded of me that I would never share any part of myself. And then they broke up. And then she wrote this 
whole piece <gasps> about the whole thing. Now it's quite meta and I also found it quite interesting in the context of our conversation at the end of last week's episode, which was a mailbag about a young woman who yes. got kind of messy mm. on TikTok post a breakup. And you and I were talking about, you know, how much value do you put on dignity or going with grace? And I think the argument I tried to have last week was, I can see in some way how telling your story can be helpful sometimes. Mm. I don't know if these messy TikToks are necessarily helping people or connecting or creating community. I would argue that a piece like this one that I'm recommending today is a relatively kind of messy way to go. Ah. (laughs) But it is a way (laughs) where it's incredibly layered, I think. And I've read the piece like four or five times genuinely and I take something different from it every single time because I think it speaks a lot to heterosexual gender dynamics when a female starts doing okay in her job or in other parts of her life. That is very interesting. And that dynamic is thrown off. I have a question that kind of stood out to me as you were telling me about the story and the listeners about the story. Could it be valid that the boyfriend doesn't want her to write about their relationship and maybe things that involve him? Because we often talk about on this show. For sure. What stories are yours to tell? And what, what are another person? I think this was one of the more self-aware pieces I've read. And I think this is why I think it's so smart is because she said like, I'm more than sure I probably won't write about my children. Like in the Mm. same way that I could sit here now and I'm not even close to having kids that I would say pretty confidently, I'm not sure I'm going to write about my kids, but I'm not going to promise that I'm never going to touch on the experience. Mm. And she was saying that, but I think when it comes to the partner, I I don't think this is, it's not like a spoiler because it's personal essay, but he was asking her not to write in her personal diary about anything to do with their relationship. Oh, not that it was in her personal diary. Yes. What a petty man. (laughs) Yeah. It was, what a, what a it was strange little man. It was beyond, and she had this beautiful line where she was like, it didn't come to me at the time that maybe he should be conscious of the fact that, of course, I'm going to remember everything he says to me anyway, whether I write it down or not. Interesting. Like, it's a fascinating piece. And honestly, it is one of those pieces, as I said, where I read it every time and I get more depth It's like an it. onion. It's got layers. It yeah. is. So <laughs> I couldn't recommend it more. It's... Amazing, especially I think in the context of the conversation we had last week. Beautiful. Good job. How are you? How was your week? What are you recommending? I'm great. Last night, Mitch and I, for our wedding, and I, I want to be self-aware. I don't want every week for me to come on and have an update about the wedding. I don't mind. I would <laughs> love that, to be honest. <laughs> I've got nothing else keeping me alive right now <laughs> at this point in the year. So last night, Mitch and I got our voice messages back from the telephone we had at the wedding. Let me backtrack and give context on what the fuck that means. So instead of a guest book, Mitch and I figured we were like, oh, you already get handwritten cards from every guest, right? Like, are we really going to then go through a handwritten guest book where everyone effectively says the same thing? My little sister Evelyn said, well, I've heard about this incredible phone company. They're everywhere at the moment, these wedding phones. Yes, where you pick up and you leave a voice message to the married couple at the wedding instead of like writing something down. Evelyn said, I love this idea. I want to give it to you as your wedding present. So thank you to Evelyn Andrews. I know she'll be listening. Last night, Mitch and I got. (laughs) (laughs) Last night, Mitch and I got the voice messages back. Yes, and I do. Was it entertaining? It was the best thing ever. So amazing. First of all, maybe this is my recommendation for the week. Actually, I really couldn't come to this episode, or like I didn't have anything for this episode when it comes to content. So this is my week in a wreck. Oh, cool. cool. If you if you have a wedding coming up, or a friend has a wedding coming up, recommend them to do this. There are so many companies out there who do it. We had the best time listening, particularly to two different voice messages, oh, this which I want to play for you right now. This one was left for us at the very beginning of the night. I know it doesn't sound that way, but this person recorded this, I believe, semi-sober. Beautiful people, if you don't recognise me from my voice, <laughs> fuck you. I love you both so much. You're two of my favourite people. Thank you for putting on this beautiful wedding. Um, I'm so excited to be able to hang out with both of you for the rest of our lives. I'm sorry that there's no, there's absolutely no getting rid of me. Okay, bye. God, if that's the early one, what's the later one? Sorry, if you don't recognise my voice, fuck Fuck you. you. So that was message two out of like, we had like 120 voice messages. that was the second voice message. I got in early. (laughs) To say fuck you. You got in early and I believe you got in late because the very last voice message, Um, after the dance floor had finished, it sounds like everyone's leaving. There was also this. Leave your message after the beep. When you're done recording, please hang up to save your message. Woohoo! Love you guys. Bye. 
Can you guess who it is? Can you guess who it is? Oh my god, Sarah! you a little song. Bye. Oh, it's me singing you a little song. You will take any opportunity to sing. I swear to God. She really thinks she's a pop star. Wow, I actually have no memory of that. Can you guess who it is? Last night I was going How's to sleep. How's mocking the, the automated voice? Leave <laughs> as, as if that has any impact. I was going to sleep last night, staring at my bedroom ceiling going, can you guess who it is? Can you guess who it is? It's me singing you a little song. <laughs> You're the guessing game, don't you? <laughs> yeah, why didn't I say it was me either of the time? I don't know. You're a woman of mystery. I, I, what, a, what an enigma. Oh, that is... That actually is quite funny. So thank you. We'll have that forever now. We're going to put all the voicemails together and Mitch and I will have our own little wedding podcast of all the voicemails. Aww. You left a lovely one, Annabelle. No mystery in yours. You did just say it was from it's, Annabelle. Oh, that's so nice, Annabelle. <laughs> so embarrassing for you, Zara. <laughs> like deeply. I tell you who else gets runner-up for voice message. I won't play it to everyone, but Oliver Keogh, your fiancé. What did he do? He kept saying he left the most unhinged voice <laughs> message of them all, essentially going, guys, Got to tell you, the dance floor, it's steaming. <laughs> it was quite steaming. It was. I'm surprised that he didn't sing you a song. No, he didn't. But it I, was an interesting message and I'll play it for you after. We'll, let's play it off air. Maybe he overheard you singing and was like, nah, I can't do that. <laughs> that one must not. <laughs> Guys, let's get into the first segment of the show because there is a bit to cover today. And we are starting yeah. with the affair that everybody cannot stop talking about <sighs> coming out of the US, coming out of Breakfast TV in the US. It's basically like morning wars in a real life story. I love this story. Oh, so very much. And before I heard it, I had never even heard of the main two protagonists. So let's take you through this and how it all unfurled. Two incredibly high profile American breakfast news anchors have allegedly been engaged in a months long affair, all while playing like the professional best friend colleague trope on air, It's kind of my favorite thing to come out when two co-anchors end up dating because you go back through all the times that they've been on air together and you're like trying to dig into whether there was sexual tension mm. or whatever and that's what people have been doing in the last week with this story. Now, to understand this story and the hysteria around it, you kind of have to understand how big Good Morning America is or GMA, which we will call it for the rest of this segment and how it's arguably the most watched morning show in the US. Now, I say arguably the most watched because as we'd even know from Australian breakfast television shows, they all have their own stats to call themselves the most watched. Yes, yes. Metro they love viewers. getting creative with the stats. Exactly. But it is huge. Now, to be clear about this, the main anchors of GMA are Robin Roberts, George Stephanopoulos and Michael Strawn. Put them to the side for the moment. They're, they're the big faces of the show. They're mm. the Carl and Lisa of the show. Oh, Not- wow. We're a bit retro there. <laughs> well, I feel like Carl and Lisa, the Koshy and Mel. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. that's even more retro. I think it's Koshy and Natalie at Sorry. the moment, right? They're the Koshy and Nat. Now, the breaking news anchor of that show is a woman by the name of Amy Robach and another correspondent on the show is a guy by the name of TJ Holmes. Let's call them Amy and TJ from now Amy on. and TJ. Now, Amy and TJ work on the morning show of GMA. They also co-host a show called Good Morning America 3. <laughs> <laughs> not, the, not the best name I've ever heard. So not second string. It's like the, the third one. Okay. What You Need to Know, which is the daytime news program broadcast by the ABC. It's also like an afternoon spinoff of the morning show. They work a lot to be doing that much, to be honest. Yes, absolutely. It's like a full day, basically, of doing little projects on air. But their main gig is that afternoon one together where they're side by side co-hosting the show. Yeah. Things got extremely messy for these two last week when on Wednesday US time it was revealed that Amy and TJ had been having an affair for six months and have both reportedly recently left their spouses. Now, as they so often have this year, Daily Mail was the first to the punch with this story. They ran this headline that really kicked everything off. Exclusive. From co-stars to lovers, GMA anchors Amy Robach, 49, and TJ Holmes's 45, Romance is Revealed. (laughs) It's a terrible (laughs) life festival. As the two married co-hosts are seen cozying up at a New York City bar, spending a romantic weekend away upstate, and holding hands in an Uber. 
Now, the article's opening was the real kicker. It read, their on-screen chemistry is undeniable and in the two years since TJ Holmes joined Amy Robach on Good Morning America's lunchtime segment, GMA3, <laughs> the co-hosts <laughs> have been open about their blossoming friendship. But now, DailyMail.com can reveal that for the past six months, the married co-hosts have been sharing much more than a mutual <laughs> love of running and the great outdoors. In fact, they have been locked in a passionate romance despite both being married to their respective spouses for the past 12 years. Annabelle, back us up. This is juicy That is so juicy. Now, (laughs) so good. the images were pretty damning, right, Mish? Yeah, the pap shots in this article are wild. There are photos of these two cozying up near a country cottage, which, like, first of all, question marks. Who was that photographer? Where were they to be getting these shots in such, like, a secluded location? Then we had photos of them, like, keeled over in laughter, in a New York City bar. Then we also somehow have photos of them literally holding hands inside an Uber. And the shot of the holding hands literally raises so many questions for me. I cannot figure out what angle the photographer had to be at to get it almost like from a truck angle, I think, to be looking down into an Uber where you can clearly see their hands together, like in an embrace in the middle. Especially in a way for them not to see that they were being photographed. And I think it's that fact that has led a lot of people to speculate that perhaps a private investigator has been on this for the last six months. Mm. And I do want to say that is a full-blown allegation. Like, no one has come out and confirmed that. It's just our theory. It's it's a theory that's all over TikTok as well because people are saying, Daily Mail are coming out saying, all right, well, this these are photos from the last six months. Firstly, when have Daily Mail ever sat on a story? The minute they got one photo, they would have run it. Mm-hmm. So it kind of hints towards, well, has a private investigator been on this for six months? And then after collating six months worth of evidence, someone who hired this private investigator has gone to the media and said, here's your story and here's six months worth of evidence. Yeah, who wants it? I feel like if this was just the Daily Mail with a pap shot, they would have run an article like an interesting or curious embrace. They wouldn't have then said six month long affair so emphatically. They would have just run the photos as like can now reveal six month affair is what they went with. So for sure it feels like somebody's been tracking them for this amount of time. Now, Daily Mail did say that the exact details of this affair aren't really clear. It appears that both of the marriages had ended as a result of the affair. Both of the marriages reportedly ended in August this year. All we know is that these two have been working together for the last couple of years and started training for a marathon together in March. Oh. <laughs> Getting sweaty together. Yeah. There's something about that yeah. detail. Yeah, there is something about that detail, isn't oh. there? A day after the Daily Mail article came out, Page Six reported that TJ's wife, who was a really high-profile immigration lawyer, she's named Marilee Feibig, they reported that she's devastated because apparently she and TJ had been separated for a few months before this but were actively trying to work things out in their marriage so i guess my interpretation of events and your interpretation of events here zara is that marilee has gone straight to the press or someone close to her a source close to her has gone straight to the press to make sure we know exactly where she stands on this, that she does feel devastated and she was blindsided? Yes, absolutely. I would say if there's unnamed sources coming out the next day to a different publication to make it clear that this wasn't just the marriages ended and these two picked up their relationship after, then, yeah, I would say it's someone close to her camp wanting to make sure that that was clear. And then the day after that, so two days after the initial report, a day after the page six report about Marit Lee, Entertainment Tonight joined the party with another pretty damning report. I shouldn't laugh. It read, TJ Holmes is making news for another romance. Just days after news of his relationship with Amy Roebuck broke, ET has learned that he had an affair with a Good Morning America producer. TJ! TJ, you saucy mix. You dirty little dog. Yeah, so another rumoured affair with another co-worker, this time reportedly a woman named Natasha Singh. Now, this rumoured affair dates back to 2016 and there is another kicker that comes with it. This woman also worked with Amy at the time. These three were co-workers, Amy, Natasha and TJ. And according to a report from page six... And I quote, Amy was the person Natasha and TJ went to talk to about their affair and their marriages. Oh, my Lord. So for a time, Amy was the confidant to help coach these two through their affair. Reportedly. Reportedly. (laughs) Rumoured. Rumoured. And then did a switcheroo and TJ and Amy 
entered a reported affair. Yes. Now, the affair that TJ reportedly had with the producer was reportedly quite serious. One source told Page Six that Natasha, the producer, fell in love with him. He had a key to her apartment. Now, the reports are that TJ's wife, Marilee, found out about that affair in 2019 after discovering their emails and they decided to stay together and work through their marital problems at the start of the pandemic. Mm. I think with that in mind, the tabloids are also now reporting that Marilee was never suspecting of Amy because she's just like the other woman that he works with. Your, your yeah. eyes are on somebody else. Well, apparently as well, they were all friends. According to one report we read, Amy's daughter was TJ's kid's babysitter as well. Oh. So they're all like family friends. So how did Marilee reportedly find out about TJ and Amy if reports are to be believed while she was on holiday with TJ in the Bahamas in August, she read a birthday card to TJ written by Amy that was, and I quote, too personal which then sent everything into chaos again. Why are adults so shit at having affairs? What is that card doing at the Bahamas with your family? What is too personal? I don't know. Is it sexy? Sexy messages. Oh, sexy but then a, a, no, a I think it's emotional. card that was too personal. I think it's emotional. Uh, like it's throwing the word love in there, but in like a I love spending time. To, I don't know. There's something. Yeah. For sure. Now, I actually think we, I know we've said the real kicker is the real kicker is, but I truly (laughs) believe the real kicker in this story is when news broke of these affairs, people started to dig into TJ's social media activity and they found this post from 2020, which was a dedication to his then wife, Marilee. Now, forgive me, this is a bit long, but you need all of it. And I do want to preface it by saying he was responding to something called a decade challenge. Do you not remember this? No, a hashtag decade challenge. Yeah, hashtag, like I remember this in 2020. It was a big social media trend amongst um, slightly older people, not quite our demo, where people would characterise the decade. It would be like, here's the main thing from the last decade that I want to talk about. Hashtag decade challenge. Here I go. (laughs) (laughs) This particular hashtag decade challenge is a little late, but dot, 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 10 years ago, Marilee married me. And despite my best efforts, she remained married to me for the past 10 years. That's not hyperbole. I am not being dramatic. I gave her plenty of reasons, excuses and opportunities to walk her fine ass out the door. But instead, with her built-in black woman superpower, she showed a grace and patience that's incomprehensible. Asking her for another 10 years would be asking too much. Another 10 months? That may even be a stretch. If she gave me another 10 weeks, I should consider myself lucky. If she puts up with me for another 10 days, I'd be grateful. We get the... We get the but we if get she it. would even spare another 10 minutes of her time for me today, I should consider myself blessed. This is Marilee Feibig Holmes, y'all, and I, TJ Holmes, do solemnly swear that I was her decade challenge. <laughs> oh my god! I hate it. Actually, unfortunately, Amy falls away here as even being a devil in this story oh. because all I can focus on is how much I dislike TJ. If the rumors are to be believed that she had uncovered his affair the year before this, this was like 2019. He does this decade challenge in 2020. Imagine writing that with that context in mind. I was her decade challenge. Like, I hate it. It did make me realise, or maybe it did remind me, that there's no brand of man I hate more than the one that brags about how terribly he treats his female partner and then compliments her on putting up with it. Like... (laughs) Fuck off. <laughs> Despite my best efforts, that's not hyperbole. I'm not being <laughs> Does he realise he is in control of how he behaves? I've thought of something and I've been trying to organically slot it in. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Seamless. I'm very going nice. to say it. TJ stands for total jerk. <laughs> oh, it's not your best. <laughs> but on. it's not your worst. That's for sure. What a total jerk. Now, these two are now being rested from the show indefinitely to calm the internal and external distraction their relationship has caused boo i don't like that Ooh. give us the drama i also saw an interesting tweet where it's like we've become absolutely unhinged when it comes to cheating like <laughs> do you know what i mean no. like I, sorry yeah that doesn't make much sense <laughs> at all do you mean yeah well in terms of we're making it seem like something that people should actually start losing their jobs over or resting. Oh. I appreciate in this case, these two actually went straight back to work for three or four days and it was quite interesting watching them as the story was exploding. They had to co-host together and they didn't say anything about it. It was just like, who's ready for the weekend? And one would be like, 
woohoo me (laughs) like fairy tame but I do think maybe it would be a distraction for the workplace or the production team trying to put this show on together I don't know get it but in the interests of messiness and drama it would just be so great just to let it play out on air like I give the people what they want I I know I think wholeheartedly we can say the people want to see it play out just leave them up on air and see they'll, what happens. They'll be off like two weeks and then they'll be back. Oh, it, it, it'll be after the December Christmas, then they'll come back. Yeah. And then I probably will never think about them again. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up after the break, the full trailer for Harry and Meghan's Netflix docuseries is here and Britain's biggest influencer, Molly May, sheds light on what her relationship has been like while she's been pregnant but First, a word from today's sponsor. And now it is time for the quick and dirty. As always, we bring you the top five stories. I think it's six today from the rough (laughs) and tumble of the celebrity and pop culture news cycle. Michelle. (laughs) Your eyebrows just just like. (laughs) (laughs) Phony. Andrews, what have you got for me? Oh, because of the, the phone. Yeah. Yes, but there's a bit of a double entendre. Mm, it might be one of your worst. <laughs> <laughs> might be one of my best. <laughs> oh, my first story. The full trailer for Harry and Meghan's Netflix doco is here and it wages a war against the palace. That is from the ABC. Guys, the six-part doco is on its way. In fact, it drops the same day that this episode will drop, December 8th. Three episodes are dropping at once and then the following week, the remaining three episodes will go to air. Now, there's a whole lot of commentary at the time of recording based off a one minute long trailer that has just been released. Yeah, and we knew that this was always going to dominate headlines. I mean, it's Harry and Meghan, of course it is. And I think when it comes to this trailer, it is essentially the first thing we've seen come out of the couple's reported $100 million Netflix deal since that was brokered in 2020. So you've kind of got a minute for $100 million is what people are seeing. $100 million. It's a lot of cash. Yeah, crazy. Now, some of the splashier claims in this one-minute trailer include that, and I quote, there was a war on Meghan to suit other people's agendas and Harry drawing a direct parallel between his mother, Diana, and Meghan by saying, and I quote, there is pain and suffering with women marrying into this institution. Mm, The main quote that the media has picked up on, though, is Harry talking about the family, as in the royal family, potentially conspiring against him. He says this, and again, we don't know the context behind this quote. We've just been given the quote and people are running wild. The quote is, you know, there's leaking, but there's also a planting of stories. As that quote is given, Netflix's producers show a scene of a photographer resting on a balcony as Harry, Meghan and Archie walk beneath the photographer now this decision has drawn a bit of controversy and it's a little bit awkward for netflix because very quickly after this trailer was released a royal reporter robert jobson took umbrage with the footage used by netflix he tweeted out this photograph was used by netflix and harry and megan to suggest intrusion by the press and it is a complete travesty it was taken from an accredited pool at archbishop tudu's residence in cape town only three people were in the accredited position Harry and Meghan agreed the position, I was there, that got 25,000 likes. Yeah, another thing that was slightly controversial here was another image used to show how Harry and Meghan had been hounded by the press and to kind of illustrate that they showed a pack of photographers all trying to get the shot has been revealed not to be associated with them at all, but from a Harry Potter premiere in 2011. It's a little awkward. Now, in another snippet that supposedly shows paparazzi clambering to get to the couple there's also suggestions online that that is actually footage from a completely unrelated court case relating to british tv personality and model katie price what do we make of this because i'm in two minds about it on one hand i'm like oh come on guys like we know what netflix is trying to do they're just trying to give you visual cues to add to the quotes so i understand how netflix would be like we're just trying to illustrate the point We're not trying to give you like the actual scenes in which this has happened. But on the other hand, I'm like, this is so easily avoidable. Like using a Harry Potter premiere shot in the Harry and Meghan doco, it's just such an easy win for the detractors. And it's such an easy 
way to look awkward and a bit silly that they could have and should have, in my opinion, avoided. I agree with you that it's an awkward... I think it's a big shame, to be honest, because I think it's a distraction. And I do disagree that it was necessarily easy to avoid because this is a story that's been crafted after they've left the royal family and then they've got to go back and sift through footage that they might not actually be able to find specific footage that relates to a story that they're trying to tell that I still believe to be true. Like, I don't think that anyone could argue with the fact that press were clambering over Harry and Meghan and that there was a real intrusion into their lives by the media. Like, I don't think anyone's arguing against that. To find specific footage from the time that they were in the royal family to prove that point, to help the audience understand the story I think is not necessarily going to be the easiest thing I don't have a single problem with them using footage from elsewhere to tell a story because I think again this is purely on Netflix but I think it's it is a real shame that it's detracting from maybe other more important conversations I just feel like shots they already had in this trailer were sufficient yeah they went above and beyond to make it sensationalist which I know we always do with stuff like this they didn't need the additional stuff they had enough there they could have just used shots of Harry and Meghan in situ giving those interviews more. Yeah. I just think this is so silly. Like it is. such an error in judgment. And it's not on Harry and Meghan. It's on Netflix, but it's just so avoidable. Yeah, for sure. I'm just going to be very intrigued about how this series actually is because I do think we've got Harry's book in a month or two and we've got this. How many different exciting, juicy, wild things can they be saying across two pretty chunky bits of content? It all feels recycled now. It feels like stuff we've spoken about, particularly the stuff from Harry's perspective. I I don't know. Annabelle, what do you think? Will you be watching this? Honestly, probably not because I haven't even seen this trailer. Yeah, Yeah. I will definitely be watching and I definitely don't have a similar level of like exhaustion about these two than maybe the average person does. I certainly don't think they're perfect, but I will be watching and I'll have a level of intrigue. I think that truthfully they have a point a lot of the time and I think it's been very interesting timing for this to drop given one of Queen Elizabeth's former top aides Mm. was sacked last week for making racist comments and I think stories like that only go to prove that this was a really kind of tough environment for these two to try and grow and raise a family like I think that's only proving them more and more right whether they're always wholly in the right I think remains to be seen Mm, our second story Robert Irwin and Heath Ledger's niece Rory Bucky spotted cuddling up in Sunset Snuggle that is from Perth now guys something to cover straight off the bat About 50% of publications are reporting this name to be Rory Bucky. The other 50% are saying Rory Buckley. We tried to get to the bottom of it. Zara did a LinkedIn stalk. We think it's Rory Bucky, but who knows? (laughs) Just pick a side. Pick a side. Now, rumours started swirling last week that 19-year-old Robert Irwin has a new girlfriend and that girlfriend is, in fact, Heath Ledger's niece, Rory Bucky. Bucky. (laughs) Now, rumours seem to be confirmed when they were actually papped eating dinner by the beach while watching the sunset. Cute. Now on the beach eating grills. I know. I do think every 19-year-old has been on this day. Yes. (laughs) Do you think that's true? I feel so nostalgic for being like 18 or 19 years old. I have no nostalgia. (laughs) I truly don't. Now, Rory is the daughter of Kate, the late Heath Ledger's older sister who, along with her parents, parents our listeners might remember accepted his posthumous best supporting actor oscar in 2009 Mm. now when i was reading into this story because truly there's not that much to it beyond the headline is i found this line kind of funny from perth now rory has a twin sister scarlet who was followed by west aussie actor charmaine bingois who was starring (laughs) alongside will smith in his new movie emancipation what a reach how did we get there what's that saying where it's like six seven six degrees of separation six degrees of separation i think we've got four right there i was thinking if someone was to write an article about me <laughs> zara is followed by like who like who's the most famous person followed by who's worked with x like i actually reckon we could get somewhere pretty big pretty quick i reckon we could get to margot robbie in a couple of connections me too oh, we'd get to elizabeth debicki oh we would mitch yeah. <laughs> mitch's great mate elizabeth debicki <laughs> now yeah that's all for that story <laughs> you know what i'm happy for robert Irwin. good luck I'm to the kids for it. good luck to the kids our third story instagram star Gracie Piscopo speaks out after her partner was charged with murdering mum. That is from Seven News. 
Guys, this story has been one of those really awkwardly timed ones for us in that every time there's a development about this story, our episode has just been recorded or just been released. And then by the time we make it into the next week, it's not quite as fresh of mind to put into the episode anymore. So we appreciate the Gracie Piscopo headlines have been going on or have been popping up for the last two or three weeks. This is our first time talking about it. Yeah, a, a brief rundown on what this story is and what you might have missed before we give you the update from this week because it is a, a really dark and troubling story. Now, Gracie Piscopo is a Perth-based Instagram influencer with more than a million followers. She is a pretty big deal and has been hugely popular since she collaborated with Khloe Kardashian on her Good American line a few years ago. Now, followers of Gracie Gracie will know that she posts a lot of fashion and lifestyle content. She's also frequently shown photos of her three-year-old son and her partner. Now, her partner is a cryptocurrency trader by the name of Andre Ribello. And according to reports, these two have been together for eight years. And from the outside, like so many lives from the outside, their mm. lives together looked pretty idyllic. Yeah. On November 22nd, though, Andre Rabello was arrested in their North Coogee home and now faces a count of murder for which he will appear in court on December 21. He is accused of murdering his mother, Colleen, who was found dead at her WA home on May 25, 2020. So this happened over two years ago. It's reported that at first, Colleen's death didn't ring many alarm bells. Alarm bells were rung five months after she died when police began looking into potential life insurance fraud that led them onto what has now been a two-year-long murder investigation. Yeah, and now this week, more details have emerged. According to the West Australian, Rebello is alleged to have used his own bank card to take out life insurance on his mother weeks before her death. Additionally, he has been accused of forging her death certificate. So the only words we've heard from Gracie on this matter was actually an eight-word statement given to reporters last week. She said, I'm just focusing on my son right now. Authorities do not suggest any wrongdoing by Gracie Piscopo, nor do we, of course. It's a very interesting story to come out of one of the biggest influences in Australia, though. Our fourth story, Tammy Hembro finally confirms she has split from fiancé Matt Poole as influencer reveals why she's kept their breakup a secret. That's a part of my life I choose not to share. That is from the Daily Mail. This is a curious headline this week. Yes, because Daily Mail are reporting that fitness influencer Tammy Hembro has announced her split from fiancé Matt Poole, but they've done so without quoting Tammy herself. Now, for quick context, Tammy and Matt welcomed baby Posey seven months ago and were dogged by breakup rumours around the time of the birth. So you might be listening to this wondering, okay, well, how did the Daily Mail get the inside scoop? And the answer is, according to the publication, the, and I quote, 28-year-old influencer let the news slip during a recent photo shoot in Sydney, she confessed it was tough work being a single mother of three, according to one of the makeup artists on set. So the makeup artist has gone to the media, has heard that and then run to the Daily Mail to tell them. So many questions about this as well. I don't think the Daily Mail would pay for a scoop like this. Like there's not exactly anything particularly groundbreaking just that a makeup artist has said, yeah, she told me she's now single. So the makeup artist isn't motivated by money here. At least as far as we know. At least I would hedge bet that there probably wasn't money involved. Why would the makeup artist, and it goes without saying, if you're going to take money for a story like that, I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. I'm just saying the motivation is <laughs> I can clear. understand it that little bit more. What is I, the motivation here? Well, I think the thing that's interesting here is I feel like it wouldn't be hard for Tammy and her circle to work out which Sydney photo shoot she was talking about and therefore which makeup artist on set might be being quoted here. And I also kind of thought this can't really be an amateur makeup artist, surely, if it's one being hired to work on Tammy Hembro. No, she's got like 11 million followers yeah, or something. She's so, not working with amateurs. So that's what I was most confused about. The only thing I can think of is, and I know this sounds like more of a stretch than I think it is, is if the makeup artist has told like a friend or someone else who works in the media and mm. the Daily Mail has just published this like fact and I would not put it past Daily Mail to have heard this on the grapevine, the makeup artist telling a friend, this is what she said, that friend knowing someone at Daily Mail, Daily yes. Mail publishing it as fact. I hope it's that. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, beyond just being a little immoral to break someone's trust like that, I feel like when you sit down at a hairdresser or you sit down in a makeup chair... Stuff you, comes you, out. You find yourself confiding like your deepest, darkest <laughs> secrets to that person. I feel like it's a unspoken contract that that stays between the two of you. 
But beyond that, this could also be really damaging for that makeup artist's career. Word travels fast, particularly in circles like the ones that Tammy Hembro operates in. It doesn't feel like a particularly smart career decision if this makeup artist has been the one to directly speak to Daily Mail or if she's just been a little loose-lipped in general. It's not a good look and I think it could I come think, back to bite her. Yeah, but I think anyone, like, come on, anyone would be a bit loose-lipped. If, if my theory is to be believed, being a bit loose-lipped with your friends is forgivable. Yeah, but I think if you're a hairdresser or a makeup do you artist, reckon, I actually think there's like you, a... You sh- really? I, I do think at least I have an implicit trust in those people and they seem to be quite... The makeup artists we've worked with in the job seem yes. to be quite tight-lipped. For sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if I said something to a makeup artist and they went back and told their friends. I wouldn't yeah. want them going to anywhere. Like, I just wouldn't be surprised and nor do I think I'd blame them. But anyway, a really fascinating story regardless. Our fifth story, Channel 10 Axes struggling news show. That is from the Daily Mail. Rest in peace to the show we all tried to say. <laughs> 10 News First Breakfast. I actually had to read that name because I'd already forgotten. <laughs> 10 News First Breakfast. Okay, well, I think if it's not a name that rolls off the tongue, it's never going to work. <laughs> That show that everyone will remember for getting 43 viewers, which I still think is a stat that is not true, (laughs) has been finally axed. Daily Mail were a bit savage in reporting this axing. They said the program set a new record for the worst rated program in Australian TV (laughs) history. Now... As we know, things aren't going well at Channel 10. There's been that no good shows, the real love boat. There's been, what else? <laughs> so bad. The love triangle. Uh, the lo- No, no, no. We loved oh, the love sorry. triangle on Stan. Sorry. It was the real love boat followed oh, by the challenge. The, the challenge. And also there was one about them playing like a fantasy game. I can't, I, I can't even remember the name so, of that. And the that, traitors. The project is in pretty dire straits at the moment Struggling. with so many of their famous faces and their key talent leaving that people are now reporting that Channel 10 Christmas Fight is being cancelled. Yeah, because there's nothing to celebrate. I think that's That's the key point, that you need a Christmas party. Same. You need to bring up morale. You don't cancel the Christmas party. No, I feel like it's so harsh. The quote from the Daily Mail piece was, staff were left devastated when owner Paramount announced there will be no Christmas celebrations at the last hour. You can't cancel Christmas. That's so grinchy. It's so grinchy. RIP to 10 News First Breakfast. We tried. We did try. (laughs) Remember when we polled our listeners and people were like, I was watching that on Thursday at 10 a.m. when apparently one person in yeah, Perth no. <laughs> Our sixth and final story for today's episode, guys. We got there. Molly Mae Haig says boyfriend Tommy Fury forgets she's pregnant. That is from Women's Health. So Molly Mae is trending all over TikTok this week after giving an interview about being pregnant that certainly piqued people's interests. Now, a quick reminder, Molly Mae Haig and Tommy Fury are both 23 and have been together since they met on Love Island. Now, while Molly Mae is the creative director of Pretty Little Things, she has a fake tanning company called Filter. She's also one of, if not the biggest influencer in the UK. Tommy is trying to carve a name for himself in the professional boxing arena. Mm. Now, how listeners might know the name of his brother Tyson Fury, who is one of the more successful boxers of our time. And Tommy is kind of all in on the boxing stuff at the moment, trying to really carve out a name for himself. But in doing so, that means that he's spending a lot of time away from home, Mish, at a training camp. It kind of sounds like Molly Mae and Tommy spend most of their time apart. Yeah, I watched a vlog of hers recently talking about this, where she was essentially saying, I'm not going to really see him for the rest of my pregnancy. Like, yes. I'm going to spend the next few months of my life only having phone calls with him. He's going to go away and do all this boxing stuff. So let's talk about the interview that has stirred up a bit of controversy this week. Speaking to Sports Direct, when Molly May was asked if Tommy talks to her baby bump, she replied, no, I think because he's been away a lot, I think he sometimes forgets. I'm like, you do understand that I'm like two months away from having a child. I just think he has to be reminded because he is away a lot. So that's one of the key quotes that people are talking about. I want to kind of play the whole snippet of what she said and the snippet that's going viral on TikTok because it has been cut up a little bit. Some of the questions have been cut up, but I think context is everything here. So let me play it for you right now. 
to have Tommy in camp for fights, etc., has that been difficult as well? Yeah, obviously. I I work all the time and he's away working and so it's just constant. Like we're never together. Like people have these like dream pregnancies where it's like, you know, they're just always with their husband doing baby shopping and doing cute things and like me and Tommy literally just communicate through FaceTime at this point. Does he talk to the unborn child? Because no. is that a thing? Do people no. do that actually? No. He's it's not really I think because he's been away so much, I feel like he sometimes forgets. I'm like, you do understand that like, I'm two months away from, like, you know, we're going to have a child. And I think, yeah, he sometimes has to be reminded a little bit because he, he's just away in camp land. So that's the full snippet. And I have a lot to unpack here because I think my first instinct when I watch something like that is I never want to put feelings in the mouth or the heart or brain <laughs> in the soul of somebody else. Because right? I sent this to you as a yeah. text and you came back to me with, how do you feel about that instead of like having an opinion straight off the bat? No, I certainly have opinions. I guess I get nervous with videos like this that I worry. I don't want it to be taken out of context and I don't want people to say like a lot of people on TikTok, ah, oh, God, she seems so annoyed. Like she does though. Yes, you were like, she seems quite annoyed. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to say she seems annoyed about it. I'm not ready to ascribe emotions from her part. I do think though, from a personal level, from my perspective, mm. I find this stuff hard to consume and hard to listen to because I do find it sad and I do find it a trope where a male is able to move through life when his partner is pregnant and experience very little of what that means and is able to kind of do the whole, oh, I don't know what's going on. And I I find that personally frustrating on a personal level. I personally think we are allowed to comment that Molly seems annoyed not because of the comment about like, oh, I have to remind him I'm actually pregnant because that could be taken as like in jest, with tone, whatever. It's the comparison of you see those women out there yeah. or those people out there who have a really dreamlike pregnancy and they're shopping with their husbands all the time and their husband's really present. That comparison tells me she's annoyed. You don't bring that up because she's comparing the dream with her reality. And she's not saying my reality is even better. She's saying my reality is more negative than the dream that maybe I was aspiring to or that I thought about or that I envisaged for myself or I see other women live out or other pregnant people live out. So that for me gives us license to go, oh, she clearly has an expectations and reality gap. I don't know if I think it gives us the license to say for sure that she is because I would say you can also argue that what she's doing is actually trying to be a little bit self-deprecating and a little bit more authentic in saying some people do have these dreamlike pregnancies. I've been working, he's been working, ours looks different. Like you do know public figures to say rather than say this is what I want, saying this is what it could be or this is Mm. what other people might put out to the world about their pregnancy but this is actually the reality of mine. Like there is a world where that is true too. That said, it's a complicated story because I actually have more of an issue with the second part of the quote than the first, which is sometimes I have to remind him that I'm pregnant. I get really tired of us even in jest joking about the patheticness, quote unquote, of no, men. No, fair. That's completely I, fair. I get so tired of us being like, oh, he just doesn't know and he's so, you know, hopeless and ignorant. Mm. And it's like we give so many excuses. And yes, I have no doubt that if Molly May or Tommy responds to this, they will say, it's just a joke. Yeah. Yes, I have to remind him, but it's just a joke. And I'm like, I'm still kind of annoyed that this is a trope time and time and time again that we see. We do. Well, it's actually connected to what we were talking about with TJ Holmes at the beginning. That guy who jokes about how terribly he cheats his wife when it's like well that's not really that funny because you actually are just a bit of a prick behind closed doors or you actually are just kind of weaponizing your hopelessness in your relationship I think the other thing for me giving the benefit of the doubt maybe some people would ask the question well isn't it better for Tommy to be doing this while she's pregnant rather than when the baby arrives like that would obviously be worse but then I think to that I would say well yeah it's the lesser of kind of two evils or two shitty scenarios like maybe you should be present for your partner full stop the other thing for me is I think role playing can be really important in a relationship where one person sits behind the steering wheel at one point the other takes a back seat and you kind of swap and i when it comes to career when it comes to career or anything with relationships that you serve different roles at different points i actually saw some really interesting stuff from michelle obama speaking about that with her relationship with barack i literally saw this on my tiktok from molly may and the next one i scrolled to was michelle obama talking about how she had to take the back seat for some time with barack and maybe people would see overlap in this scenario 
But I struggle to do that because we know that Molly May is the main breadwinner in this relationship. Yeah. It's not like Tommy Fury is away serving the role of key breadwinner, setting up the home, setting up financial stability for them as a couple. For so many people like fly-in, fly-out workers of listeners who might be listening, whatever, you do have a partner who serves that role. You do need that financially. They don't need that. Like no. we know they don't need that because they live in like a squillion dollar house. They're very financially comfortable. And so the question for me is what is being served by Tommy being away so often? If there was a financial layer here for me, I can see the practicality. I, I can't see it here. I totally agree. And I think for me, it's also like it's 2022. Like in what world are men not trying to have ownership over the role they're playing in their own family? Like have some fucking ownership. Mm. Know that your partner's pregnant. Know what that means. Like talk to the baby if that's what you want. Like own this as much as she is. It's kind of like in a similar vein as... You know, maybe this is just a stretch and I'm just like going down a rabbit hole of like personal feelings that I don't need to. But it's when men post on Mother's Day for their partner and they're like, you're the rock that keeps us all together as if it's a compliment for her. Yeah, you technically have two children, yes. me and the yeah. baby. Yeah. Like, me, like, yes, it's that. It's the parent to all three of us. And it's like, own it. Like, own this family. Own mm. your shit too. Be a team player. Mm. I cannot stand at this age at my age as somebody who eventually does want kids watching these dynamics continue to play out around me because I'm like I flatly refuse yeah. to engage in this I flatly refuse to have this in my life well it's a massive ick the hottest thing in yeah. the world the hottest thing would be Tommy turning around and going I'm gonna be the stay-at-home dad and I'm gonna be really present to hear that he's doing the opposite I'm like oh god it's yeah just yuck when well, we don't know what's gonna happen when the baby is here truthfully and we are having a conversation based on one snippet we will say but it's funny because whenever I tend to have conversations about this stuff with women, they're very different to the conversations I have had in the past with men. And I will say this doesn't account for every conversation I have and it is a bit of a massive generalization. However, some men are often like, well, this is another person's scenario that's not at all related to me or how I'm going to parent so I don't find it relevant. And the women in my life are always saying, no, this feels very personal and it does feel emotional because we're watching stereotypical dynamics play out time and time and time again that we're so scared will eventually seep into the lives of everyone around us. Yeah, like we'll and just sink into this. Yes, yeah. unless you actively fight it. And so men are very good at saying and putting a wall up and saying, not my circus, not my monkeys. Women are looking on saying, I do feel emotional about this for more layered reasons. Yeah. Anyway, I am really interested in what our listeners think about this because it is a pretty complicated story. Yeah. Talk to us on Your Say Friday. Guys, I think that's all we've got time for. That is all we've got time for. As we said, we cannot wait to see so many of you on Tuesday. And in the meantime, you know where to find us. We are on Instagram at Shameless Podcast. We are on TikTok at Shameless underscore podcast. Annabelle, anything else to add? No. 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 Trying to soften it these days. Yeah. <laughs> Not so aggressive yeah. in my nose. <laughs> Guys, we'll be back in your ears on Monday. Bye. Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.